0: What are you what are you humming? You know that
1: one. Do I? It's
0: Magical Sound Shower.
1: Oh. That was a really poor rendition of Magical Sound Shower.
0: Yeah, no shit.
1: <laughs> um
0: I'm not the a cappella guy on Crash to Insanity. That's not what I do.
1: Welcome to Abnormal Mapping 4 Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Marco. With me is co-host Jackson Tyler.
0: Hi, video games. I'm here to talk about them.
1: If you can't decipher from software talk, this is episode 4 of Abnormal Mapping. Your podcast about video games.
0: It's where you come for all your video game needs.
1: All of no them. it isn't. No it isn't. <laughs> Don't lie to the people.
0: Every single video game need that you have is on our Tumblr.
1: When I bought my Dreamcast, the guy was going to give me an RF switch. How can you solve my problem, abnormal mapping?
0: Okay, so is this the point where I stick my hand up and sheepishly admit I have no idea what an RF switch
1: is? Um, before the red, blue, or red, yellow, white cables, yeah, they used R like the TV had an RF thing because it just like got in like signals. That's where you plug rabbit ears in, and game systems use that instead of the AV cables because. TVs didn't have AV cables in the eighties, and for a long time, like older TVs, wouldn't have them. So consoles would come with an RF switch, RF thing, instead of a uh, AV cables.
0: Oh, is that what we had over here as SCART? Essentially, it's
1: probably similar. Oh, okay. It is. It is literally just one cable.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's what we had. Cables, cable talk, abnormal mapping, the hot stuff. Yeah.
1: So we've had quite a January. We have. um, we're going to talk about segment two. I'm just going to give you the lowdown. Segment two, we're going to be talking about a boatload of indie games that I played uh, in January. And Jackson played some of them too. Yep. Uh, I had a weird uh, vision quest through the world of free video games. And then segment three, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past which was our Game Club game. And then segment four will be questions, if we get any, um, and what we're going to do next month. So how was your January, Jackson? Welcome to 2014, the year of the future.
0: Thank you. Uh, not good. I mean, it's as months go, not a good one. But I'm, I'm fine. I'm getting there. Uh, 2014 is the first year in which I have... Uh, I still think it's 2012, so that's not good.
1: 2012? Not even 13, just 12? Because I, I went
0: um, In 2012 I was still in college So I wrote the date down sometimes I never wrote the date down In the entirety of 2013 So in my mind It is still 2012 It'll be 2012 forever
1: Well Okay
0: Yeah, yeah That's not a good thing Anyway But yeah It's been okay Just a It's a month Busy Stuff happening Not really Interesting stuff Lots of work What about you? How's, how's your January I Heard you made a video game
1: I, uh, yeah, okay, we can talk about this. I'm going to try not to be self-conscious, but, uh, Merit Copus, who is a very cool game maker, uh, put up a Naked Twine game jam, which the idea was to make a game in base twine. Uh, if you don't know, and you should, twine is, uh, a way to make kind of interactive fiction, or you click links and go to different pages. It's all in HTML. That's what it spits out. So you can just host it on a webpage. Or there's even a bunch of free hosting solutions on the internet. And it's really easy to get get it up and going. It requires no coding knowledge. Just the ability to write a story and make it good. And uh, I'd been kind of thinking about doing Twine for a while. And uh, decided to do that. So I spent a week, went kind of crazy, and uh, on the other end made a video game. Which... I'll link to, but I've already posted about it on the blog, and uh, I am currently in the middle of conceptualizing its sequel. I'm trying to learn more things about actual Twine, which is a lot of actual work about coding and JavaScript and CSS, which I don't know anything about, but I'm trying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you played it? It's I played actually it. a video game, right? Yeah. It
0: is. It's good. I really liked it.
1: Okay. You well, you'll probably hate the next one then.
0: Oh hey, cool. That's great. Uh, No,
1: it's more of the same, because it's a sequel.
0: Uh, So Matt Marco Development Corporation didn't get bought out by EA or something. We're going to
1: take a dark turn. We're going (laughs) to reinvent the protagonist. Is this
0: a dark middle chapter?
1: Uh, Licensed soundtrack, probably a key. (laughs) Uh, We want edgier, more weapons. That's going to be a good goal. Yeah. Have you Uh, just
0: narrowed down the classes? You've refined the classes, less less branching?
1: Yeah, well, we wanted to really take the strengths and turn them on their ear give players a new way to explore the things they're familiar with uh uh-huh. wanted to make sure that people who were good at multiplayer would uh, continue to be good but that new <laughs> players wouldn't feel shut out by the changes we made so that's what we were aiming for we want a really radical experience uh which has more weapons and more levels and more extreme, uh, kill shots and animations.
0: Uh, and I think, I think
1: we're gonna achieve that. Um, I mean, it's been a long road. Uh, we're looking at, uh, quarter four, 2015 for release on, uh, next gen, I guess current gen consoles. Uh, also looking at an iPad app to tie that in. You know, get your second screen on. You can yeah. raise a virtual pet and then that pet will attack enemies in the game. Yeah. Yeah
0: when we have any more announcements about this when we be able to Well look we're looking to...
1: at a uh, Gamescom. We're really hoping to focus on the uh, European market here. Yeah. Um, and uh you know, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh you can uh pre-order at GameStop and Amazon and all your major retailers. If mm-hmm. you pre-order now, you'll get a uh pewter figurine mm-hmm. of uh the base form of the virtual pet. Uh we think it's really cute. Uh it's called Blobby. <laughs> uh, just go into
0: the thriving twine section at the back of the GameStop yep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the twine games like goes, goes DS one, there was twine. a really
1: ridiculous thing Jonathan Blow did uh, This is actually kind oh, of relevant. Really? Uh, as Braid was coming out, he did a blog post, I think on April 1st, about adding a virtual pet to Braid while it was in development <laughs> that was called Gloopy, I think. And that you, It was like a little blob with eyes, and you had to feed it enemies, and it would grow and evolve, but if you didn't, it would get sick and die. Yeah. And uh obviously not real, but uh, it was going to be a pre-order bonus if you pre-ordered Braid or something like that. Mm-hmm it was really dumb and that's why uh, I thought of that
0: that was what was going through your mind just then
1: yes I'm making Twine games they're free on the internet I can hope to continue to make them throughout the year we'll see how that goes because making games is actually really hard and has changed a lot of how I think about games even when it's just piddly Twine stuff Mm -hmm. and that's settling it short I'm not going to say Twine is piddly Uh, that is me trying to be modest and failing really badly at it
0: yeah that's understandable you made a cool thing
1: yeah I guess uh i wish it was cooler but this next one's got uh graphics well it's got colors wow um moving up in the world yeah more choices probably gonna remove fail states uh uh, because i don't think i've played too many twine games this month and i don't think they're interesting anymore
0: yeah that was yeah
1: yeah i i have a lot of thoughts about twine which probably don't belong here um but I've played a lot of Twine games and I'm starting to get a feel for what I, no, they, think, I think doesn't I think totally,
0: like. they totally belong here. What are your thoughts? You've had an experience making a thing and playing a bunch of things and getting acquainted with this new system.
1: Okay, what, so what you... the elevator pitch for Twine when it came out was that it allows you to create choose-your-own-adventure stories. Like, you know, the books you flip through. You Have you read a choose-your-own-adventure book, Jackson?
0: Yes. Okay. I, they were not extinct when I was born, no.
1: Okay, good. I didn't know. Um, I assume they're still actually around in some they, form or another. They totally are. Okay, that's good. I appreciate that. The thing is, I don't think that's good twine game design. Because the problem with that is, and it was the problem when I read those books, is I would just shove all of my fingers into the pages so I could always go back and explore other paths. Uh, Because when it's all like, let's see what weird thing you fall into and what trap murders you this time. I think the game emphasizes not telling a linear story, but completing the game by exploring all the avenues that it branches on. And I don't think that's, especially for a narrative game, a good goal necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think you want to create choices that are consistent in the world, but that the player can choose one and invest in. And they're not going to feel like, Oh, the other choices were ones maybe I should have explored. They're going to be like, well, even if things went wrong, this is the choice I made. And this is the choice I stand behind. Uh, I think depression quest is a really good example of that where you can play. I think playing the game once and just being okay with your choices and never returning to it is totally the right way to play that. And I think the game encourages that stance because it tells a good story no matter what path you go down. Um, and if you are going to branch and give the player a lot of choices, you shouldn't punish them for wanting to be curious. Uh, a good example of that is uh, Ultra Business Tycoon Three, which is a game where you have to explore everything to beat the game. Uh, and you're going to die a lot, but none of it actually reset your progress at all. It's just like, oh, here's a weird, goofy world to explore. And you get to safely experiment with all the boundaries the game gives you. And I think that's a really powerful thing because it doesn't waste the player's time in resetting their progress. Like, oh, you died. Go back. It's no, you went down this path and something was there that was hostile. But hey, let's continue on and see what's down the other path because that's how you're supposed to be playing a game like that.
0: hmm it's because, well, with books, all you can really do is just make optional chapters, move the order of things around, whereas Twine, even even at its most basic, is such a much more dynamic system than a yeah, book. Yeah,
1: but the, the problem is, a lot of Twine games, uh, not a lot, but, you know, a, an an easy mistake is, oh... You're in a room. There's three things to explore here. There's two doors. Go down one door, go down another. The problem is that doesn't contextualize what you're supposed to be doing. Uh It just turns into a weird, like, early adventure game, like Shadowgate or whatever, puzzle game, where you're trying to figure out the right sequence of events to beat the game. And that's just not... Like, that's really old game design. And I don't think that's interesting in a Twine setting, because... Why are you making the player go through that? I mean, like, that... It's, it's just a lot of rigmarole to get to the content uh, that the author wrote that doesn't actually like give you a better experience by going through all that.
0: That ties very much into what you were saying about what's going to be segment two.
1: Um, yeah.
0: In the, you, you, you've, the... heard,
1: you've heard a preview of my existential I crisis. I have. It's in segment two.
0: In that, Twine, as a system, is uh like what it does best is these really personal stories because it is literally the words of the author speaking to you wrapped in whatever systems they choose and yeah. then the adding like having gameplay in the traditional sense of the limited sense of what it's been understood to be before is always really clunky and really like i'll go back to this i'll work out this puzzle and stuff and adding that stuff just slows the flow of whatever emotional core there is down to a halt yeah. Um,
1: Twine is for author content and you can include the player in that and allow them choices and worlds to explore or not explore if if you have those kind of outs, but it should always be about reinforcing the story being told yes. and the player's uh involvement in that, not about a bunch of gameplay systems that are just there to be gameplay systems.
0: Yeah. Um I I agree. All right.
1: That that's enough twine. Let's uh stop twine. Let's go into segment 2 and talk about the Mountain of Video Games.
0: Oh, the video game mountain. Yes. Okay. Well, let's do that. Let's video dot VideoGameMountain.net.
1: Don't don't go there. Don't go, don't. Go. It's it's probably a website, but it's not affiliated with us.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so it, the kids just don't there's only one website we established this. I'm no nothing.
1: I, I mean, but. for now. Kick it! So for segment two, I want to talk about a lot of video games.
0: How many video games?
1: Fifty video games.
0: Fifty video games?
1: Yeah. Towards the end of the year, uh, I have a, a site called Indie Static in my RSS feed, and they cover, uh, indie games, uh, as opposed to, like, indie games, the blog, or, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun, they mostly cover, like, really small game maker stuff, uh, or stuff from small game makers, not stuff made of Game Maker, though they do cover that too. It's mostly free things, weird things. And they put up a list of the top 50 free indie games of 2013. And I decided around Christmas time, because that's the time to make rash decisions... It is! That I was I was going to play all of them. All 50 <laughs> video games.
0: How'd go? Rank them in order, from memory. Uh,
1: no. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at them, and I'm like, yes, I know what all these are. Uh... That was... 50 video games in a month is too many video games, Jackson. I know. I tried. Because I was like, I'm going to write about them all. And I've written about some. There's some I'd still like to write about. Uh, that's too many. Too many to write about. Don't ever do that to yourself. I won't. Um, it was good, though it ruined me forever. It'll do that. Yeah. So, the problem with playing a lot of video games is you become radically opposed to bullshit in games that waste your time because you have a mountain to go through yep and I like I like some games that include a lot of padding I, I like a, an RPG I'm playing one right now two technically I, I guess I'm
0: somehow uh, way more fine with padding in an RPG compared to any other video game ever
1: that's accurate I mean you're there to you're there for stats to increase and that takes time I don't know it an analysis for different time because I've been thinking about it but I don't have any answers about why I like RPGs but can't stand my time being wasted in the i game.
0: I too was thinking about that but that I had the same breakdown over Zelda but
1: go. So there's a lot of really cool video games out there and guess what most of them are not for sale they are free and you should play them because video games are weird. Like when I when I go through this and then I sit and I listen to like the giant bomb cast or whatever uh, which I want to do. Uh, the the divide between video games that are on sale... And the divide between the mountain of video games that exist for free... Is worlds apart. And that's great. I th- I wanted to, By the end of this I want to burn all my video games. Is what okay. I'm saying. Just set them all on fire. Yep. Because... because it's yeah. hard... Like, like... I look over there and I'm like... Oh, I got a copy of Deus Ex that I'm only like six hours into... But why would I ever go back to that <laughs> when I could just play One Last Dance with the Capitalist Pigs, which is all the oh, dance sex you need.
0: It is. It is
1: all of it. Uh there's there's video of that on the on the Tumblr uh, that you can watch. So yeah, I don't I don't know how to go through all this, but because talking about fifty video games is well outside the oh, scope of what we want to do here. A hundred percent. But the the thing is, uh We joked in episode one, uh, there was a foolish question of what is game that was asked to us. Uh, And playing all those games had me asking myself, what is game? What do I want out of games? And
0: What what conclusion did you come to?
1: I don't have one. Okay. Is the conclusion. It's it's like pornography. (sighs) Everyone has their own definition, and I'll know it when I see it. As to what a good game is.
0: Not, but, not a game, a good game. An enjoyable a good game. game.
1: Yes, a Vaughn Gold game, in fact.
0: <laughs> I, would, I would actually classify it more, because um, I've been thinking about this too, as a game that you do not feel bad for spending your time on, for losing your time to the game.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I would say that, because some of these games aren't necessarily good, but I appreciate having played them.
0: Yeah. Whereas there are some games that aren't bad, but I'm like, why did I, why did I spend all this time with this?
1: Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, I guess what really breaks down here is time. I remember... Let's get nostalgic for a second. Okay. I'm going to put a string track behind this. No, I'm not. I'm not going to edit that in. That's ridiculous. Yeah, don't even love uh, yourself now. I remember in junior high when I had Final Fantasy VII and a PlayStation 1 and that was my game for the summer because i played all the other games I owned because that was a thing you could do before you having a PC and a Steam account uh that it's like oh well this is the game I have I'm not going to get another game for my birth until my birthday in October so let's just play this game and that's what I did all summer I played like 300 hours of Final Fantasy 7 because I was a child and I had nothing to do. I didn't have a job. Uh, you know, everyone else was at home doing their own thing because it was summer and I don't want to go outside because there's sunshine and badness out there. Mm-hmm. So, sit in the basement and play Final Fantasy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 14 anymore, Jackson. I'm not. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay because life is cool now because I am too busy to sit in the basement and play a video game for three months and Part of me is like, oh, I wish I could devote that time because there's games I would like to put that time into. But another part of me is like, oh, I'm doing a lot of cool things, but I don't have time for anything. <laughs> and I think that's just being an adult, really. But it's really hard to invest hours into a game when those hours are not productive. Yes. Yes. And defining productivity is weird, because I play Spelunky a lot, uh I played a lot of Binding of Isaac, I will play more when that new version comes out. And those are games where, like, oh, I die, Nothing. I've lost everything. But I don't feel like my time is being wasted, because part of the experience is going through that and facing that challenge and exploring a new thing every time. But there are games that are just full of nonsense. That, that's so many, just...
0: Games that you could just play and then you won't remember them the week after you finish playing them.
1: And just... that's not just that's not just uh, I'm not referring explicitly to the games on this list. There's some that oh, no, maybe no. fit that. But totally. we played Vanquish. We played oh, Vanquish. I'd
0: actually forgotten that we had played Vanquish. And that's
1: I like I've only played three hours of that and that I've played some of the games on this Free indie Games list way longer than that. And uh, but I, all those three hours were wasted. Like, I just pissed those away.
0: <laughs> I mean, I listened to some idle thumbs while I was playing Vanquish, so I guess they weren't wasted, but yeah.
1: I did I did nothing. There was that time I talked to you and Callum on Skype while I played, and outside <laughs> yeah. of that, I just played Vanquish. That's what I did. And it was bad.
0: It was. It was a bad game.
1: It was a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. I have a problem, though, is that... I don't think that this metric necessarily works across every video game.
0: It totally doesn't,
1: because
0: I had a, that reaction to Zelda um, in that I I was playing it, I could recognize that it was a great game in loads of ways, but then I just felt like I was wasting my time for some reason, and yet I, I could play one level of Oli Oli for about three hours. So I have no idea why that's the case.
1: So... Let's let's pick a, a short like narrative game that I really liked out of this list. I'm just gonna scroll through and find a cool one. Um well, Man. Well you were talking I don't about, know.
0: You were talking about Ultra Business Tycoon before. Yeah.
1: Let's use that. So Ultra Business Tycoon is a is a really neat game that purports to be a uh like a nineties tycoon kind of game where you get money and you like there's like stats that are presented and you have rival companies that you're trying to beat or whatever but it's actually just a framework about the player playing the player as a character in the game playing Ultra Business Tycoon years after when they played it the first time and the memories that it brings up about being a kid in the 90s when they played it that first time and like the pivotal life things that go around it and that that's a good game It's 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 worth playing it's really amazing um, but in a list like this it was just like here's a bunch of games like a game after that that's like oh this is a 2D sprite based puzzle game but there's a weird spatial mechanic where you're actually like it presents the same level on two different viewpoints and each time you move you're moving in three dimensions but you can only see the two and you go through levels and it's kind of brain bendy that's a, that's a cool game idea But when I've spent all my time, like, wrenching the narrative import and themes and art out of a game like Ultra Business Tycoon, a game like that just feels like a total waste of my time. And it's not. It's not a bad game. It's not a waste of my time. And yet, you get in this mindset where it's like, oh, this is just a bunch of levels. It's like a mechanic. And that's not what I'm here for. I, I am not here for mechanics in my games. You know you don't want any any video game
0: in your video game. Is what you're no. saying.
1: No, I want walking games and twine games. That's all I need anymore. Just I, throw it all out.
0: I and I'm just, I feel like I've become the same way and that I want a game that's like uh, says something narratively, not I don't mean in the traditional has a story system, I mean uses its systems or whatever to make a point and say something rather and- than
1: the yeah. thing is I like I get trapped in that, but that's totally not how I actually exactly. feel.
0: Because it's and ninety hour RPGs.
1: Yeah, I'm playing an action RPG. I'm playing an action game. Like, you know, these are games that ostensibly are just mechanics driven and I'm there because I like the way they feel more than I'm there about anything about what they're about. But but. I could drop this
0: entire conversation right now and go off and play skate two. So you know yeah.
1: We could we could just go play Ollie Ollie Oh. For, couple hours you could
0: just do that i could be doing that right now and you wouldn't know i'm not it's, it's sad
1: i feel like you would be like swearing every like 45 seconds
0: i i got pretty zen like silently no, I got, to yourself i got crazy zen playing that game just okay just, I was just like no nope, i'm just gonna go with it and switched off and just went pure muscle memory
1: oh interesting it's, i'm not there yet
0: oh no you've, you it'll take about an hour but you'll get there
1: okay Feel that way about Sound Dodger, which is another game. Yes, Sound
0: Dodger, and Sound Dodger is also a non-narrative game that is a it is pure mechanics in a way. It's not a puzzle game. It's not Four Hundred Years or whatever, but it is just a rhythm game with a cool idea.
1: I mean, I really like Four Hundred Years. Don't I wasn't a big fan of Four Hundred Years. like it's a really simple platformer, right? But I like the way that it makes you consider your relationship to like time scales. I like that
0: uh, I just I, I, I didn't finish it and it, it was just so
1: slow it is really slow I mean you're a walking rock
0: Oh yeah no totally but um, I just I, that was when I was playing that after i had become what I played before but I played some really interesting uh, games and then I was like, oh this one you, you press the button to mechanic and the mechanic is time. So, again, that was me writing, me being a dick and writing off for that exact reason that you talked about.
1: But, I mean, that's how I feel about Leaf Me Alone, which is a platform with a glide mechanic and some wind mechanics. And it's like, oh, well, that's cool. I just traverse a weird Fez looking world and step on switches to move the wind and stuff. Great. And it's fine, but, like, I was, you know, I just come off of playing Experiment 12 and a video game that is about a very simple, like, move... like, go up this tree and do these jumps, and it was not... it was not what I was looking for anymore. Life had changed.
0: And and you don't know that on next week, if you had never played Leave Me Alone, you could play Leave Me Alone, and then it'd be great. It'd be just what you want. It'd be this relaxing time to jump around Mm -hmm. and glide, and you could get soaked up in the atmosphere, which that game does have. So, it's it's all very
1: confusing. Yeah. And... I don't. When I asked myself what I wanted a video game, I don't know the answer anymore, and it's it's a weird thing. It's scary because then
0: you're just like, maybe I should just not play any video game, or maybe I yeah. should play every video game.
1: But I can't realistically do that. No, but there's no middle ground internally. I could just go play Spec Ops Online. I own that.
0: But uh, yeah, don't do that.
1: No, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying, like, when you say play all the video games, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, all of them, sure. I have that. I have that copy of Need for Speed for PS4 that I bought should, for some god awful reason and don't like. Should, but should, I could play that. I mean, you got to get caught up for the movie. So no, it has even a, it doesn't have a subtitle. It's not the same game. Movie thing. <laughs> novelization. Yes. Yes. The novelization of Need for Speed, the movie based upon the video game, is. Available for pre-order on Amazon. I've got my copy set. Do you have yours? Yes,
0: we pre-ordered it like the same minute. No, no, no. I know you do. Okay. I'm asking the audience. Oh, yes. You should you should pre-order this. It's going to be it's going to be amazing.
1: We'll do a live read on whatever month's podcast that is. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> maybe
1: I will convince maybe I will convince my book club to read oh, that. Oh, yes. Please. It's do. not going to No, I'm not going to do that. We actually try to read good books. I mean, but, yeah. Uh,
0: but I Come on. Come on, guys. How, how long could that be? Jesus, is that going to be like 300 pages? It's... Oh,
1: if it's anything like any other novelization i have ever read, I will probably take a long, hot bath and read the entire book in said bath.
0: Yeah, like, I, I feel like it's going to be super short, super large font, just a yep. car drove down the road, Aaron Poole was pissed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a novelist. I'm, I might cut out this entire thing. You should, probably should. i I don't know so i like come to the end of this and my conclusion is that video games are hard to define and as a medium it's very confusing and it's hard to be prescriptive about what i like and don't like and maybe that's for the best like saying i want a game like games need to be x or y like even besides the obvious people who are like well art games are dumb and a game that's Gone home isn't a game. Whatever, we're not going to talk about those people. I feel like our discussions are past that, and we don't need to cater to that kind of crowd. No, but when I when I ask myself what do I want out of a game, I guess maybe it's just uh, mood dependent. And the definition of video games is too broad to be very specific about that.
0: It's not too bro- broad. It's also too broadly defined and like when you go to watch a movie whether it's the craziest art film or the biggest blockbuster there's a common understanding among the entirety of you know, western culture that what a movie is. It's a 90 minute thing and you'll get something out of it Either you'll be enjoying just how it looks how it feels or having some deeper thematic connection whereas with video games they're a, small, they're a smaller thing It's not, they don't have as big a community a critical community around defining them and so you play them, and it's way more up to you to interpret what 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 you're actually getting out of these games, and that can lead to a bunch. You just feeling like you're wasting my time. I do not want any of this. But the person making that is clearly thinking, well, there needs to be a puzzle here because if there's a puzzle, there's no challenge, and if there's no challenge, there's no game. Because that's a old, like that's a very nineties way of thinking of game design right there. Sure,
1: but like. There's no space in movies that are broad like the difference between a twine game and a multiplayer first person shooter I mean, that, that's what like, that's what I'm saying yeah but so how can but you can't compare them then no but i I'm saying
0: that um because, because games are also just a smaller thing culturally there's not. Like I feel like there's a a lot of internalised I should not be wasting my time playing all these damn video games. I want to get something out of this. And there's no one else who can define what that something is. So, you're constantly searching for just, more than just, like, enjoying the mechanics, because what does that even mean on its own? You know? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying at this point. I'm in my own existential crisis and have no answer
1: (laughs) So, the end result is if you play all the video games, you will stop knowing or understanding what a video game is and why you like them. No one
0: knew that abnormal mapping would just be our descent
1: into, oh god! I, mean, I did, because it's called abnormal mapping, and I feel like the whole thrust was that it's going to be weird and that we're going to fall down a weird Lynchian rabbit hole where we come out the other side as a something new changed re- and evil. Reborn. Yep, I make Twine games. You, uh, are in a ska band. It's, not, uh, it's a dark world I'm we live in. I'm not in a
0: ska band. It's a real bummer. I should be in a ska band. I wish I was in a See, ska band. See, the
1: fact that you think that shows how far you've fallen.
0: Shut up, Matt. Go write your visual novels.
1: They're not, I'm not running in Ren P. There's no visuals. It's a Twine game. It's interactive I know, fiction. I
0: know. I was being a dick. <laughs> Cut to music.
1: No, uh, we're we're not done. Okay. So we're going to link to this long, big list, but let's curate a little. Oh, so we Jackson. want to
0: talk about the actual, some of the cool games on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you need the list? Do you need a link? I've got the list. Okay.
0: Pick five. Five games. Okay. Well, Punk's not dead. Straight up.
1: Uh, Punk's not dead will be the music that have led into this section. If you want to talk a little about why Punk's not dead is great? It is
0: pure energy. It is. I I think the way um, that that there is challenge in the game but overcoming the challenge is not the reward of the game the reward is playing the game and when you get shot it interrupts the um victory of just playing the game which is a real backwards way to do it most games are just you complete a challenge and then you get the reward that's how the feedback loop works whereas this is this is just you know driving in burnout essentially but in a punching game it's just I don't know it's great it's just pure energy in video game form and it's three minutes long I, I love it it's a good time good time
1: for all okay oh do you want me to just keep, keep going straight through yeah we're just going to do it as a big group uh,
0: I really like Simian Interface for some reason
1: uh, that's because Simeon Interface is great. It's,
0: it's great. But that's one that I, I was playing after playing, you know, Ultra and yep. what have you. And like, this is just a puzzle game where you put your mouse at a certain point on the screen. But it's great.
1: Simeon Interface has all of the, like, slickness of iOS game design, but feels like a thing that fell out of 1999 Newgrounds.
0: Yeah, it is both those worlds combined in the best way, and I love it.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: Uh I I think save save the date is really interesting. I don't think it's perfect, but I I really appreciate what it's trying to do. That's a- We had a really long talk about
1: Save the Date while we were while I was playing it.
0: We did. Oh yeah shit, we did, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> how long ago was that that? that? that was uh it feels like a lifetime. Yeah <laughs> yep. It was probably three weeks ago, actually. Probably. Uh that's a that's a very good game. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to say too much about it, it's a dating game
0: visual novel, but it's not that at all. So, I mean, actually, no, I'm, it's not not that at all in some in the way that some of these games are not it that It is at a all.
1: dating game visual novel, but it is also a weird thematic exploration of what the format of a visual novel actually means. Yep.
0: And, that's, that's
1: three, or? Three? Yeah. That's three. three. Bubsy 3D. Oh,
0: Bubsy 3D. Oh, Bubsy 3D. Art art art, art. That's kind of all yep. I need to say it's
1: the uh art. the big question uh, or the conflict between us was you said that destroying the applebees was art and i said that the applebees itself was the you art you
0: destroy the applebees and you create art and that's when you get rid of the applebees art is there
1: your actions in revealing the truth of the Applebee's is all that is. The Applebee's was art before, it contained art, and you removed the Applebee's in an act of destruction and discovered that what was there was actually art. Well, I mean, that's the
0: same thing, but just said in a different way. You get rid of... No, because I think inherent...
1: The thing I like about Bubsy 3D is I feel like it's a game that made me appreciate pop art in a way I did not appreciate before I played Bubsy 3D, which is a weird thing to say about a dumb video game. Because uh, it is it is explicitly and always dumb It's it's not uh, because
0: there is nothing else Aside from a dumb video game That could have made you appreciate it in that way Oh it's true
1: uh, Bubsy 3D is a weird thing And people should play it Yes And then uh, Google the cheat codes There's a cool Twitter account That gives you all of the cheat codes And you should go explore those Because most of them just lead down a weird YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> Yep
0: And um, Sound Dodger Would be number 5
1: okay I, I, you're going to leave me all the heavy hitters fine yeah I
0: will I'll leave you all the heavy hitters <laughs> I'm going through the I was I was picking the, like, you can take old Ultra Business Tycoon. you know you can have all the big ones but I, I like Sound Dodger because I think I was talking to you about Super Hexagon and yeah. I, I like it because almost all rhythm games emphasize the beat you know it's the rhythm games it is about the beat whereas Sound Dodger is way more fluid than that it is you have to avoid all these things that come out on the beat, but just the the act of playing it is way more fluid, way more dynamic, way more just i don't know it's it's less rigid it's not it's not a performance in the same way most rhythm games are. you feel like you're hitting something at the right moment at every time uh whereas sound dodger is not that at all you can just get lost in it in a great way. I really like it. it's
1: yep. Uh I would recommend the uh Steam version. It does cost money, but the game's uh, on Steam? Yeah, it's Sound Dodger Plus. It's not running in Flash. Uh I think it has more songs, maybe. Sweet. It's it's really good. I
0: wanna get that now. I wanna go get that. All right, bust out big guns then.
1: Oh, but what if I wanna talk about other small games? You're the
0: worst. Do you wanna talk about um what's it? Oh shit, I'm forgotten his name.
1: Do you wanna talk about time frame? So I wrote about a lot of games this month and I'm not going to continue to do that at the pace I've been doing because I just can't. I just can't. You
0: woke up at the beginning of this year and just unleashed a fury of productivity in an
1: yes, unsustainable I, way. I have other things I want to do with my life. <laughs> um, but I would I, I would actually like to continue writing but in a broader sense. So we'll see how that works. Um, but uh, we'll just go down the list as things catch my eye. Experiment 12 is a beautiful weird thing where every it's 12 chapters and each chapter is a separate game made by a separate person. And someone made the first one and then handed it off to the next person who made something off of that. And then the third person got both those games and was able to interpolate what that was about to make their third thing and so on and so forth. And what emerges from it is a bunch of very disparate mechanics that all coalesce into telling one story by the end. And you should absolutely go play it. It's very weird, uh, and, uh, jarring and sometimes off-putting, but it's really cool. Uh, my favorite thing of Experiment 12 is, like, towards the middle, you get a chapter which is just an unknown protagonist sitting at a computer terminal overseeing the events of the previous chapters. And in ASCII art, you play the, like, a room of each of the previous chapters. All condensed down into like a single uniform game design. What? And it it is amazing.
0: What? I never got. What? Oh.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. I should. You should. You should go play Experiment Twelve. I have, it's I've, a very I've weird. Played cool a lot thing. of it,
0: but just not, I stopped before just before that. Clearly. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's great.
1: Um, Crypt Worlds is the next thing I want to talk about, which is. Like, if Skyrim was made out of garbage, but was also just, like, four rooms instead of, like, a giant world. Four rooms, like, connected by a hallway. (laughs) Um, It is a big, relative to most of the games on this list, giant world where you explore stuff and collect items and get side quests. But all of it is, like, this trash art aesthetic where everything looks like it was clipped out of a different game and the mechanics are weird, and your only interaction outside of talking is to piss on things. Uh, And it's haunting in a way that I have a hard time encapsulating uh, because it is so weird, but it, it has so much... Because it's so weird, it just has a lot of character in a way that games that try to strive for being real and having like a certain cohesiveness don't. Uh, it just feels relatable and fun to explore, even when you're just running around, uh, eating burgers so you can get piss to fill up holes with piss to collect bugs. Cause that's what you do mm-hmm. at one point in that game. It is awesome, but in a very explicit way that kind of defines how I feel about a lot of the games on this list on, in general, I like things that are deliberately not refined and not beautiful or art-designed in the way that a retail game always is.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and, and to be fair, even indie games and the way they are seen by the mainstream...
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, the Big Eye Indie releases on XBLA and PSN indie games.
0: Yeah, the, which are actually seen as the games with the super-polished, refined art, stream, art styles. Yeah. Which, that is not...
1: What any of these are. No. Um... We already talked about Ultra Business Tycoon 3. Just play that. I'm actually not going to put it in my 5. It's really good. Uh, it would go in this 5, but it, I want to talk about games we didn't talk about. Same thing from One Last Dance with the Capitalist Pigs. You can just watch me play through that. It's really good. Yep, you should. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh, just dancing. Just got to dance. Um, Cave Cave Deus Vidae is the uh, third game, which is a... A visual novel, but driven to abstraction about art theory, kind of. Okay. (laughs) Because it's a weird mystery about this kid who might have magical powers and got thrown into the past or whatever, but it is also just an examination of a very particular Bosch painting. Uh, This one, uh, the painting question is The Temptation of St. Anthony and what... A painting can, a piece of art can represent in historical context, and what symbolism both means to the artist and what it can mean to the people who interpret that thing. Uh, It's it's not an educational game, but I felt like I learned a lot about what uh, it means to read a piece of art through that game. And uh, it's really short. It's supposedly just a like the opening chapter of what hopefully is going to be a longer piece. I would love to see more of it. Uh, it's it's a weird thing, but it is is very cool. And what it imparts is really unique.
0: That sounds super interesting. I should get on that. I should play that
1: one. Yep, you uh, stole Sound Dodger because you're a bad person. I am. So thanks. Sorry about that. Thanks for that. No problem. The worst. I should
0: have said nested.
1: <laughs> um art game. I want to talk about art game. Uh, Art game is... uh, It's a black and white game. It's pixel art. You pick one of three separate people. Uh, One of them is multiplayer, so I didn't play that one. Um, And you basically have to create art for a gallery showing. And one of the artists basically, the way you create art is to play a game of Snake. And the other person is to create a game of Tetris, or to play a game of Tetris. But the art piece is only complete when you hit the fail state, whether your snake runs into itself or you fill up the Tetris board. And whatever is on the screen when that happens becomes the piece of art. The snake game becomes a painting. The uh, Tetris board becomes a sculpture. Uh, Just the outlines of like the blocks that were left when it fills up. Um, And then you give that to the art gallery. And what I like about that is... A, I think it's an important statement about what art is in that all works of art are on some level failures uh, of the creator's vision. Like you wanted to do a perfect thing and at some point you stopped and gave up because you had to. Yep. And then the work is finished. But it's also about games as performative pieces where the act of playing a game and just experiencing what it is and its mechanics is in itself a piece of art it it's not necessary it doesn't have to be the message it doesn't have to be uh the deep thematic thing which we've talked about a lot like you know we're both theme people we like narrative in our games but like watching someone speed run a game or just watching someone play through a game is in itself a piece of performative art
0: and and when you see in that game when you see the finished painting or sculpture stuff like like that that's that tells a story in itself when you see a guy with a super long snake thing that's really deftly controlled and he just fucked up at the end that tells a completely different story to a snake that's gone all over the place and has uh, backed itself into a corner or a Tetris thing that has gone in crazy directions and uh, it yeah, so I'm agreeing with you
1: basically okay, I'm glad that you agree, I'm glad that you played that game it's
0: very good, I like it a
1: lot Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing it is. for sure um, I was just going through this list, seeing if I was if there was anything that was going to replace my fifth game, and there isn't. But I do want to give a shout out to Nested, which is a game that gave me a minor anxiety attack <laughs> really by did. just being the biggest. Like Nested is is a weird spreadsheet exploration game, kind of <laughs> at its core, but it is about the bigness and smallness of the universe in a way that made me very uneasy. Uh, it's it's a really weird thing to play with, but you should play with it. <laughs> universe
0: plus just that starting screen, and how far it can get from that, it's great.
1: Yep, or or you know, you could just end right back in the universe again. Oh, everything leads to the universe again, except thoughts. It's true.
0: So that's that's uh, that's what it's saying there.
1: So my fifth game uh, is Armada, which is another Porpentine game. Uh, Unlike Ultra Business Tycoon, which is a twine game, Armada is basically like a earthbound... It's like top-down sprite-based, either earthbound or Zelda, or what I would use to describe it. It is more of an action game, so maybe Zelda's more appropriate, but it has a lot of earthbound weirdness. Where you are a slime princess going around a weird world where all of the tiles and stuff are just made in paint, and they look like they've been made in paint by someone who doesn't really have a lot of artistic talent. But that's fine, because it's very evocative and consistent, and you go around spewing slime onto enemies and doing side quests. And I have not finished it. It is the the game that I want to go back to and keep meaning to, but stuff got in the way. Um, But it's just this big world uh, that is full of porpentineness. And I hope that if you're listening to this, you know that that means something special, because Porpentine is great. Agreed. Porpentine is great. Porpentine is great. (laughs) Yep. So that that would be my five. Uh, I would encourage everyone to just look at the list and pick stuff. There's a lot of cool, weirder things that uh, just maybe didn't make an impact. I know a lot of people really like Problematic it replied it was on a lot of people's top 10 lists that i saw towards the end of the year i didn't really get it because i had a hard time controlling it but i know people liked it a lot
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and there's goofy things like you should play icarus proud bottom teaches typing it's fun it's it's like totally disposable but in a charming way
0: until you said problematic right now, I didn't realize that... that yeah,
1: no, that happened to me too. Just oh, so...
0: problematic. Okay.
1: Yes. I hadn't said yeah. that out loud. And... No, me either.
0: Wait, problemat- there's a game called problematic on there? Oh, problematic. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, welcome to the club, because that just happened to me. I wasn't going to say anything loud.
0: <laughs> okay. Sorry. My bad.
1: Those, those are some of the... Uh, a small slice of the video games you should uh you should play some they're good they're free they probably run on everything they they do also
0: we didn't mention it because everyone has played it but super hot is great
1: oh yeah i didn't mention super hot cuz i felt like that everyone's played super hot yeah Superhot. It's, it's
0: got its due it almost doesn't belong in this list because it's uh it's technically free but it's a prototype for a big thing i mean
1: there are other things on that list that are technically free prototypes of games okay all
0: right it is the yeah. super
1: S- hot, super hot, yeah,
0: super hot. Exactly,
1: super hot's good. Yep, yeah, I trolling is I art. I really hope that they turn that into a game, but don't ruin it.
0: Art is trolling. Art is art.
1: We're done. No, this is all the video games. Instead, let's talk about an old video game.
0: A video game, you say?
1: The most video game. Thank <laughs> you. So, segment three, we're going to talk about the greatest video game of all time. All of that is in caps. Beautiful
0: Katamari.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, which is uh, my favorite Zelda for sure, and one of my favorite video games uh, has been for years and years and years, because I played this game in 1993, uh, uh, You know, got it for my eighth birthday, we talked about that last time, yep. um, came out in 1991 in Japan. For the Super Nintendo system. It is the third Zelda game. And... Uh, Jackson, this is your first experience with Zelda, isn't it? It is. How is that? So...
0: <laughs> I'm playing this game and I'm I'm aware how great it is on, on many levels. Like, the mechanics are tight. The puzzles within the dungeons are excellent. The upgrade paths are super well refined. And then, just like you with the indie games, I realise... Why am I doing any of this? Why, why Zelda? Why, sh- why do I need to rescue Zelda right now? It's all that's going through my brain and I'm incapable of enjoying the craft because I'm too caught up in why am I playing this game? Which is a really weird experience to have about what is universally, almost universally seen as uh, one of the best video games and objectively one of the most influential video games because like, There is stuff in here that is in pretty much every
1: big game ever released since. So, it had an impact. Um, if it helps you, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about when we talked about Zelda the other week, I had the exact same existential crisis. I'm like, this is one of my favorite games. I've played it literally a dozen times plus. Uh... Why do I care about this video game at all yeah. anymore? Except and I do. I d- the thing is, I do. The minute I sit down with it, like I in, I'm in that world, and I know that world better than I know my own neighborhood in some places. And it is uh, like a profound, affecting thing for me. I think that game is great. But I couldn't. I'm not sure I can tell you why anymore. (laughs) Other than, other than, like I don't want that. I don't want my answer to be because I played it when I was eight. But it kind of is that too. I I think that's
0: okay because you got to. You've built up. You play it in a certain part of your life, and with any video game, and then. Spending time in that world means something. Like it, again, that is ultra business tycoon right there. It it means something, and even that wasn't built in by the developers. You can't get rid of that, and it doesn't mean it's less valid. Whereas me coming to this, playing at twenty years old, uh, at the place I am now with video games, which is uh, liking a bunch of weird narrative, interesting stuff that has lots of emotional things to say. It felt really clinical because the atmosphere is great, and you wash into it, but mechanically it was just okay so i do the puzzle it was it was very similar to my experience with pokemon and that okay so i do the puzzle to get to the dungeon to get to the dungeon to do the puzzle to fight the guy so why am i doing any of this
1: uh, the uh the interesting thing is this is probably one of the first because it happened to all of the nintendo franchises but link to the past is what set the zelda formula like oh, no, this is this is the game where they finally like figured out what this series should be and rounded all the corners and there's no jagged edges in the in the way that they were in the prior games and it just kind of set as this thing and it's been that way until Link Between Worlds came out last year Uh and that's crazy but like Nintendo has that with all their games where they find a thing that works and they refine it and they refine it and it becomes this really slick really intro like it's good it doesn't feel like bad because it's over-refined but it definitely feels like conceptually safer like there's a like you called it sterility and i would just call it like a certain like conservativeness to it all
0: i wouldn't say that's over i mean that's that's all nintendo games right all nintendo games are game ass video games and that there is very little story uh, they're very, they are pure mecha- like you play Mario and that is about how good jumping feels, that, is, that entire game is how good jumping feels, there's stuff around it but that's the game
1: um, I mean, I, there, there are arguments to your thing but they only serve to be exceptions to the rule, like Animal Crossing
0: yeah, but I'm, I'm talking specifically about the ones that you know, I'm comparing Pokemon, Zelda oh, and sure. uh, Mario here, the big ones that they release Another, I guess Animal Crossing falls into that in a completely different way. So, that's cool. Uh, that has... Yeah. But anyway, where was I? I've completely... You, Animal
1: Crossing derailed me. <laughs> you were talking about over-refinement being the wrong term.
0: Yeah, over-refinement's the wrong term because it's not the... Like, I, I, you've described later Zelda games to me and that sounds like some over-refinement right
1: there. Well, I mean, I think they go even to the point of bad game design. I wouldn't call Skyward Sword refined. I would call it insultingly simple and abusive of the player's time.
0: Which could be an extension of overrefined. refined
1: Sure, but... because it wants to be someone's first video game desperately and handhold you through I don't know how Wiimote works to I can play a 3D action-adventure game. And that's a big, tall order for a video game to actually mm. consciously walk you through those steps. Yeah. for anyone who is not new to video games it is, oh this tutorial is telling me how to open a door by pressing A I know how context sensitive buttons work I played Ocarina of Time when those were a thing that were invented uh, and Link to the Past does all that just by being really hard so it doesn't give us. Sh- it's really interesting that you say that because I don't think this game is that hard but it's also because so much of it is muscle memory at this point for me for me, especially, because you. Because it, it almost
0: isn't. Because that control. Like, the stuff that has been influential from that game is very much the game design system, the structure of a large quest, uh, the upgrade structure. But the actual physical controls of how that game works are rarely replicated anywhere ever. So it was coming to this control system as a. As completely new to it. It was completely foreign to me. Yep.
1: Uh, I, just, I, uh, uh, I continue to think that the thing that zelda most represents in modern gaming is dark souls
0: yeah sure and i barely played any dark souls i mean they're they're nothing alike in terms of muscle memory and i don't think the
1: 3d games do it the same way because then they have lock on and stuff the way they the 3d games are the template for every other 3d action adventure game where it's like oh you lock onto a thing and then you strafe around it and attack it till it is dead and there are patterns and stuff, and it's usually pretty straightforward. But the 2D Zeldas are so much about enemy positioning and knowing the range of your weapons and knowing what the enemies can do and making sure you're not standing there when they do it.
0: Yeah. There's, there's way more, like, dodging and blocking and weird. Just The combat system is weird. Yeah. To my, it probably makes more sense playing it and the SNES at 8 years old. But to how modern games combat works... It is so. Just the philosophy is so different.
1: Can you elaborate? Because I'm really interested in this.
0: Because well, so most. So you have one attack essentially. I mean, you have a charge. You have you have the. You
1: have you have a ton of items.
0: You have a ton of items, but you have the one button that's you have the one button that's main attack, and then you have all the other items, and you can charge it, and you can dash, and a bunch of other stuff. But okay, so when I said I have one attack, what I was doing was lying. Sorry. But you you don't have combos. Is what I'm trying to get at. You don't have, and combos have been the thing in almost all uh, games in the 3D space space, and even 2D space um, since then. There's a flow to most games of combat. Everything except Dark Souls, you say, like has a flow to it. I
1: mean, even Dark Souls has combos.
0: Combo, but it's way. When I say flow, I don't. I mean I know that they have. Hmm. You, you know what I'm trying to get at, and the, the when you play Devil May Cry, when you play Bayonetta, when you play yeah. all those games, even God of War, so, you know they yes. have there is there is no
1: escalation of your attack. You hit the sword yes. button and you stab, and then that's it. Like it's a discrete unit of damage you did to the enemy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, attacks don't flow into each other. You don't feel like okay, I got this guy, then to do this and do that. There's no, there's no that. It's very back and forth. That is a, I,
1: yeah. I mean, you're right because I, I was saying the other Zelda games. I mean, link between worlds doesn't. The 3D Zeldas have combos. They're oh, not no, they're the, not very the, the, complicated. It's usually just you hit the sword button three times and you do escalating damage. But
0: the, the 3D Zeldas fall into the second category because that's all yeah. 3D combat games.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way,
0: but. Um, and, and coming to that combat system for this game was so super jarring so one you have to learn it in the first place and then the game's okay it's not it's not too hard and then some of the bosses later on and some of the dungeons when they get really complicated and long and you can't lose too much health it, it, it just becomes frustrating for me I mean um,
1: yeah uh, Zelda games always are a dungeon delivery system like that oh, is no, what I they exist that. for
0: I know, they are... The, here is a dungeon, here is... A dungeon is like a puzzle to solve, essentially. Because the enemies rarely matter. Yeah. Uh, th- there are some rooms where it shuts and you're like... <laughs> as with any action game, whenever the door's shut and you have to actually fight someone, you're like, oh, why are you actually making me fight a thing?
1: Yep, but like on the overworld, there is no point to fighting any of the enemies unless they are directly in your way.
0: Yeah, no, there is not one. And you you told me as much... I was like, "You're right. Why am I spending any time fighting these guys?" And just haste, gotta get around that battlefield. Gotta get go go get the master sword. I was surprised by how quickly you get the master sword. Oh
1: yeah, I, I mean thought. you upgrade it twice. So <laughs> no, I know, but I,
0: I I what I heard about Zelda, what I knew about the, oh, and then towards the end of the game, you get the master sword and fight the final boss. Is what I had thought all the Zeldas were for some reason. Oh no,
1: yeah. That's that's like the first third of the game is you get the master sword.
0: No, so, so I was like, hang on, this seems a bit quick. Oh yeah, the other world. Hang on, it's the and I, then I was getting confused. Like, this is a dark world that has the same characters in different forms. This isn't the past. And then I was, the story was confusing. But then like, I think I no, no, no. Link to the it. past is
1: just a conceptual. Like this game takes place before the first two in Japan and does not called Link to the Past. It is like try like. The, the something of the goddesses. Triforce of the goddesses.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Because A Link Between Worlds is a way fucking better name! In terms of uh, what you do mechanically. Yep. There's a link, and yeah. it's between two worlds. Yes. And the Dark World is great. Uh, when all that stuff is introduced.
1: Yeah, the mechanics between, especially like for some of the dungeons, where how you get into them requires you to explore both worlds. That stuff is... Yes. like the multiple first bit, multiple Nintendo games stole that. Multiple video games, just in general, have stolen that dual world system.
0: Oh, it is, and essentially it hasn't changed conceptually since no, then. No, it, it really is, hasn't. Dual worlds has been a thing in video games, and this is it. Is and then if you change it in this world, it's a little different in this world, and that's all video games. Yep. And it is. It's a really great. I would. Like to the guess of the point where I'm getting bored with this fighting, a lot, I would much prefer just a exploratory game where I change a bit of things in different worlds, and then that's that, and then that becomes that puzzle game you're describing, which is boring in a different way. And then existential crisis, and why am I video gaming? Yep. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, Zelda. I like Zelda a lot. You do yeah. like. It, what what can you even say about it? Because you just that game is in in your blood now, essentially. For how how you absorbed it so young and it's just a part
1: of you. Um, for me, it is a like the, it Like you mentioned, atmosphere, and that game is full of it. Like you open it the storm, uh, the lost woods have like the sun streaming <laughs> through the trees. You go up to the mountain and you can see the clouds and you see like the lands down below. Uh, you go into the swamp where, like, the Dark World Swamp Dungeon is, where the desert used to be, and it's just raining and lightning, and you're, like, stuck in the water, and it's awful. And, like, it's just a world full of, like, the prerequisite. Like, this is a lava area. This is a ice area. But they are contextualized in this space you explore where it feels like everywhere you go there is probably something hidden if you know where to look for it. Yeah, And the way like it gives you so many options for combat as as a kid I mostly played the game with the sword uh as an adult I mostly played with like the fire rod and the hook shot as my weapons like screw using the sword the sword is dumb I have a hook shot I have a fire rod let's just set everything on fire or attack it from across the screen because I can uh and I like that the game is flexible enough to give you all of those options as means to do combat if you want uh like the hammer does a ton of damage. You don't ever want to use it because it's like four pixels long, but you could, but you could. And you could. the, just the interlockingness of that world, like as a kid, it was like, Oh, you get the, the three pendants and you get the sword. And now you're going to fight the wizard and that's the end of the game. Cause you've explored kind of the entire map for the most part. It's like, Oh, that's cool. Cause the conception of what the size of a video game was was not a set in stone thing at that point. And it's like, well, this is neat. It's kind of short, but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there is a whole other world here that is just like the other one, but there are even more dungeons, and it's weirder, and like everything's a living being, but they, most of them just want to kill you. Or, like the trees have faces, and some of them talk to you, and that's weird.
0: All the um, they boxes, they box, what bo- whatever they are, they turn into skulls. The the I can't remember the the things that you pick up. Are they boxes. Or are they discs? Oh, the
1: the uh, the the pots.
0: The pots, yeah. They all become skulls. Yep. Which, uh, fur as, I mean, not subtle, but there's a deft touch to how that game handles
1: atmosphere, and then just skulls. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of great. But like to the point where it's not like, oh, look at the spooky skulls. It's like, oh, this is just the evil world. So all the pots are skulls now. Of I don't know. I did. I did feel a little
0: bit like this stuff is handled really cool, and then fucking skulls everywhere, man. Yeah. It is... But then,
1: like, there's skulls, but you turn into a pink bunny because that's your inner soul. Oh, the,
0: the pink bunny being the first thing is great. The first way you turn to the into the dark world, and then you're a terrifying pink bunny, and mm-hmm. the world's all messed up. Like they could have made you a cute pink bunny, but no, they it, it, it is unsettling. as all hell. Yep. That must have been really weird playing that as a kid. Like, oh, I'm in Zelda. I mean, it's a, it's a you're fighting everyone and there's monsters, but it's a you know it's a video game and you're fine with it. And then suddenly you're a bunny like, with no warning, yep. with absolutely no warning, you're a bunny and in another world. No, because the first portal to the
1: dark world is literally just sitting there out in the open. Like, oh, this is I guess the thing I step on. Whatever, what's going to happen? Oh no! <laughs> and then the entire game explodes. And then it's uh, really, obtu- in fact, with
0: with most things in that game, from, especially for me, being used to, oh, you've got to tell me what to do, because I'm, you know, stupid. Oh, um, that
1: game does not give you anything about oh, what you're supposed to do.
0: So much trial and error. And I, so I did the, I changed the dark world and changed back. I was like, okay, changed the dark world, changed back. For about 20 minutes before the, I realized that. The getting on to- top
1: of Spectacle Rock is an entirely different thing. Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, so we have to change back exactly here, yeah, okay, there's not
1: uh, which but is... once you <laughs> once you have internalized that mechanic, you understand how these worlds work and how you traverse them,
0: oh, totally, you're like, okay, it's a different world now, but there's absolutely nothing to suggest that, that would be the case, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because no, hand- it's something that would
1: but it's something that would not happen in a modern video game,
0: oh, not at all, it is very much. Oh this is an old vi- like they said uh they're probably going to change back somewhere and there's a kind of a little um diagonal square here yep. that they might ch- it'll, it'll be fine it'll be fine don't worry about it it'll be fine uh, but, and then in some places there's just arrows made of uh, made of tiles on the floor which yep. was like <laughs> which that was really confusing because that is something out of a modern video game yes <laughs> and after how uh, confusing some of the puzzles are like I got I had where no idea where to find flippers for us. Oh, we've got to swim. I I did the thing where you filled up the water and I was like, "Okay, I I can't swim." And then had no idea what to do. That. And then I looked up at a guide eventually because like, "Oh, you go to the corner of the map. There's probably a uh, some someone probably said that to me earlier and I missed it."
1: No, it's just once you have the uh the glove, you can go up in that area and you need to explore that space. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't doing any
0: exploring on my own. I wasn't just exploring the space yeah, as a because, thing. Yeah, because,
1: I mean, we're, we're, you were playing it on a deadline, but the way, like, you play that game the first time you've played a Zelda game is you kind of see the world, and you see, like, oh, well, this place is uh, blocked off by, a, like, a stump I need to pound.
0: Yeah, so that, that becomes the notation of that it's important. You go, yeah. oh, I can't get here, yeah. therefore I need to go there.
1: Which, I mean, like, the highest form of this is, like, a Metroid, where literally it's, like... Oh, this door's oh. red. It means I need missiles. I don't have missiles yet. When I get missiles, I'll come back here.
0: Mm, totally. Uh, it's, it, like, there's a, it's In Zelda, it's kind of confusing because I didn't even know that was a rock that could be lifted when... I mean, I, I hadn't ever gone up to that corner, but I mean, I've, I know that kind of rock and there were other bits blocked off and I never realized... I, I just thought for some of them that I guess I just can't go this way and then sh- ah. just shrugged it off.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the borders of the world are much hot, more... No, like denoted than that.
0: Yeah, I I know now. I I might. I'm probably gonna go back and play this game. Now I understand the combat more. Restart. Be more relaxed about it. Maybe no, or just go I to mean, link Some worlds. of the
1: bosses is just are just super hard. Uh, yeah, like,
0: that's that's the other problem is that I'll do that and I'll force my way through it. And,
1: especially if you're not hunting down uh, heart containers.
0: Uh, I I was hunting down some, but not really.
1: Yeah, but like especially when you first get in the dark world, like Helmrock King and the uh, the butterfly in the forest dungeon are just the worst.
0: Oh, the Helmrock King! Oh, I died must I must have died about a hundred times on that thing. Ah, uh, maybe not that much, but it was ridiculous.
1: Yep, I have a heart. I my least favorite boss and my least favorite dungeon are that uh the the dark woods dungeon. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs>
0: Oh, which boss was that? The the, 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 the the giant butterfly where you get the
1: fire rod. Oh, and, yes. Like the dungeon involves you dropping down holes on the overworld into the dungeon. Oh, when the holes were introduced. Ugh. Holes. Damn yep. it. Uh, I think I think you will appreciate Link Between Worlds because it contextualizes the 3D-ness of some of those dungeons in a much better way.
0: I think I would as well. And I, I think I would have appreciated this game more if, one, I wasn't playing a Deadline, two, it was a, just a better month for me in general, and three, I, I don't know, because I, I, like, I, I saw bits that I liked and really did enjoy and appreciate seeing, like, as someone who plays modern games, it was cool to see where that stuff originated. Yep. Um, but then just one why and two the oldness was getting to me in ways that conflicted with the deadline and stuff which was just fine and it just led to a bunch of weird like huh old
1: video games also all video games huh yep no i mean you're right uh i the it's a hard thing it's like oh this is a game that like i just have internalized so much of it so Like, I, my girlfriend was playing through it for the first time as well, and trying to explain where a thing is. I'm like, oh, you just go up through the Witch's Hut, and you go along the path, and then you get to the Lake Zora, but you want to make sure you take the right path, because there's three, and you want the one on the bottom that'll lead to where you get the flippers. You just go up to the waterfall. And she's like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, you just do the thing, because the map is just in my head and will always be in my head. (laughs) Yeah, and, and and during this
0: thing, I was thinking, like, why was I, like, essentially I was thinking that oh, I'm really bored by this I feel like it's wasting my time I don't want like I, in my head it was a I see Zelda games as the dungeon delivery system as a series of dungeons connected by an overworld. I never had considered beforehand whilst playing it that it is primarily a spatial exploration and understanding game yeah that, they all
1: are like that's what Zelda is okay
0: awesome. I get that now and I think from that approach those games are going to become way more interesting yeah um because i was treating them as the which, combat which is why the
1: more narrative they layered over like those 3d ones the less interesting they became
0: okay i feel like i've, I've played this game all wrong then man not that that's a good thing to say but i have so there's that uh, hey, it's just a it's just,
1: it's a weird thing it is it's an old thing and a thing that would i would not... i would just say yeah go play link between worlds and see what like modern sensibilities layered over that same style of game turn out to be because it's it is it is a beautiful weird thing like it fell out of a different universe where games went a different way because it's still a spatial exploration game but it has a lot of the like cushions that a modern game it's not as hard for one like the combat is not as punishing and, uh, except for when it is, because there's like areas you can get to. It's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not able to, I'm not supposed to be here yet, because they don't have the tunic that allows me to survive hits from these enemies. Yeah. Um, so it still has some of that punitive stuff, and sometimes it's a little obtuse, but in a much more, it just, it's just got modern, like, signposting design. And not in a bad way, but in the good way.
0: In the good way, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because some of that, some of that arbitrariness is just bad. Like, that's why I don't like the original Legend of Zelda as much. Because it's a, it's a cool game. It's got a lot of neat stuff in it. But it kind of just drops you into a big world and lets you figure it out. Way more, like, degrees more than Link to oh, the Past does. A 100%. That's just
0: like... It's de- the, people are not joking when the only instruction you're given is, it is dangerous
1: to go alone. Take this. Yep. Like, that <laughs> is- you're supposed to go into dungeons, that what, what the items you get do, like, how to get items you could play that entire
0: game and not realize that there are items
1: yeah I mean you wouldn't finish it you wouldn't get very far
0: I don't mean you could play I mean you could have your fill of it and just think it was a weird endurance game about traveling around a, a bunch of desert yep
1: yeah and so stepping from that to link to the past is a big leap it was the back when a leap between generations meant that the entire design of your game fundamentally had to change
0: back in those olden days before I was born yeah
1: I mean the leap to 3D was the last one probably because I don't feel like the leap to PS2 generation to last gen was that at all
0: Well, considering that all 3D fighting games are still building off Ocarina of Time yep pretty much and all first man shooters are still just doom then games have not changed games never changes
1: Games have changed,
0: G- but games never changes. <laughs> G- game games never games never changes. <laughs> what? F- shut up, Ron Pelman. Segment four.
1: That brings us to the last segment of Abnormal Mapping, episode 4. I think we had a good time today, Jackson. What do you think? We did. I think we did. Did we have a solution to either of our existential crises? Um, Play more video games and play no video games at the same time. I guess my solution is just don't try to find an all-encompassing theory of games.
0: Yes. Uh, My solution is probably uh, stop playing games to deadline. As well. well,
1: that we have a book, we have a game club as part of this podcast. so I know. that's not going to happen. But
0: no, but I, I, my solution is instead to pl- uh, just say I'm going to play this many hours of games a week, and I'm going to play these games. Rather than say in a month I have to play this amount of games, I feel like the other way is a way better way to just. Oh, get the
1: you mean game the fact time. that I finish all the games for our game club in week one of the month, and you f- <laughs> wait until week four to start them? <laughs> No, but no, what I do is I start them in week one, <laughs> and
0: then I go, All right, "I'll play that in a bit." And then life happens, and then it's week four, and I'm like, "Oh well, shit." Yeah. So I'm, just, in fact, just this month as a whole, just approach to life, it's going to start scheduling out way better. I'm 20 now; that shit doesn't fly. I'm no longer in high school. I
1: mean, you're still in college, so life is going to happen to you. I feel like the difference between 20 and 28 is that you mostly get to dictate what your time is spent on anymore. Uh, yeah, but I mean, life is coming up and I should probably start figuring out how to deal
0: with that. I can't just go, yeah, I guess I'll just play some, uh, I don't know, Tony Hawk's Project 8. Don't do that. We're not... I did do, I did that last great. week. I only, I've great.
1: I've only. still only played about 15 minutes of Tony Hawk 2 because i asked someone how to you how to play it and then i never went back to it you should play all
0: the tony hawks games that's what you should do that'd be uh Terrible.
1: because i've been so busy my dreamcast is mostly uh sat unused right now
0: that's sad
1: yeah i know too much Nidhog happening
0: <laughs> it's true that there is too much nidhogg going around these days
1: we have podcast questions do we really we have two. We're okay. gonna answer them. All right. I'll go with mine first because it's the short answer. Uh, Alex Lovendahl on Twitter asked me, "Have you played Depression Quest? If so, what did you think?" Yes, to both. Yeah. I think we talked about it, or was that off the recording? I actually but there was a,
0: there was a little mention of it on the recording when you were talking about Twine.
1: Okay, but we've talked uh, about it
0: a lot off the recording.
1: We both have played De- Depression Quest. It is probably one of the Im- important games in the last five years. Yes, everyone should play it. It is a good thing. There needs to be more games like it. There, uh, uh, there
0: are quite a few. There's the there's the one with the suicide hotline. I can't remember what that's called. Yeah. But, uh, there's that one. There's actual sunlight, which is a way bleaker look at depression. Uh, the, but then, the, this genre of games as a way of exploring uh, mental health is expanding and that's um uh,
1: cheers me up. I will link to the list of naked twine jam games in the thing here cuz uh my game was part of that and there were one or two that are literally oh, just depression pa- quest the panic one-offs. attack one the panic attack yes. one
0: I really like that one
1: the thing is um like it, i don't mean that dismissively because part of the thing of making a game like depression quest is it allows someone to explore their own experience and so it doesn't matter if there's a hundred of them because there are a hundred different experiences with how to deal with depression
0: exactly Uh, i will we have a hundred games about shooting people and most and any of them can still be interesting so yep i'll way more take any number of games about this
1: yeah so yes, play Depression Quest Play games like Depression Quest And continue to seek them out Because uh, people keep making them And there are just more of them over time
0: Yep, they're very good
1: You have a question
0: I have. A... Oh yes, I do, that's technically me uh,
1: not, not you have a question But a question was given to you To relate to the podcast
0: um, Crash Twin Sanity, Callum Petch asks uh, Best soundtrack or best soundtrack And don't think of skipping I want an answer, damn it
1: uh, we answer every question given to us we do so that's not a problem if callum listened to the podcast instead of just giving a shit on twitter he would know <laughs> so we're going to insult callum now he's not <laughs> going to listen it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um i've never played this i gave up on crash bandicoot after the playstation 1 era cuz i did not get a ps2 until very late
0: that soundtrack is excellent though uh he is yeah
1: you great. showed it to me it's a cappella that's crazy
0: it's so good it's the most unexpected thing and uh it's great many an hour has been spent listening to that many um, an hour has been spent listening to that soundtrack and drumming along to it using it as a backing track for drums for about two years is what I did when nice. I made mean, the drums, it worked pretty great
1: so I just wanted to invite us to throw out like some of our favourite soundtracks uh, this is not going to be a full segment um, but uh, pick three and no licensed soundtracks Damn it. as my rule it's so
0: not even Jet Set Radio Future
1: you know, I'll give you that one. I just didn't want you to pick Tony Hawk.
0: Oh no, I would never do that. It's Jet okay. Ridley Future. Uh, gesture Set Radio Future. Hmm. hmm. I, I I feel really bad for this one, but uh, um, Ace Combat Six. It's, it's, it's Ace Combat soundtracks are amazing. You shut your face. Those no, are so but, good. But they're not. Very, they are very much. I play those games, and I'm very much like you know. Oh, I am in a, in a big ridiculous action movie right now, but yep. but, but, but not in the way that most Western stuff. Star- and in fact, the following Ace Combat game went with the big, dark Hans Zimmer esque, dumb scores. It's this big, soaring, majestic score that is way more over dramatic than press A to lock onto missile. Uh, it's great. Uh, so, uh, hmm. and one more third one. You go you, you you go first. I'll have keep thinking. You go for your two.
1: Okay. Um I, I wanna point out that uh I try to litter this podcast with selections of music I like. There's a lot of video game music happening in this show. Uh and I like that. I will continue to do so even though we don't typically explicitly talk about music in games. Probably my favorite video game soundtrack is V V V V, which is an amazing chiptune soundtrack. It has my favorite piece of game music, which is potential for anything, uh, which I might do as our outro, why not? Um because I'm, I'm the one who edits this. Uh, that's a great soundtrack, it's a great game, uh, well worth playing. Uh, East Book 1 and 2, uh, Yuzu Kushiro is the composer of that, Um he does games for all sorts of things, from Etrian Odyssey to Streets of Rage. He's been doing video game music for a long time, and all of it is full of ridiculous Japanese rock, uh, in all of the best ways and uh, third one let's pick something uh, different hmm yeah, third not best. licensed well you. how about you go with your third it one might, and then I'll it, think of it, one it
0: probably actually is Crash to Insanity now I think about it but I feel like that's a bit disingenuous to just say that one wow uh,
1: so pick a different one
0: I will hmm. hmm we can edit out this long thinking about soundtracks to make it seem like we're way quicker on our feet right
1: yeah yeah sure absolutely cool now that you've said that I'm not going to edit it out god oh,
0: damn it I should, I should have said it in a shitty way <laughs> yep and all this time I'm spending talking is time I'm not thinking so shut up for a minute um hmm ah I got nothing I don't know I, I there are lots of soundtracks I like and have uh and listen to when I'm playing the game I'm like remember them and hum them and stuff but I right now I can't remember any that's really bad
1: you're a bad person. I'm
0: a terrible person, but we know this already.
1: Alright, so, uh, that gives me a good out. So, those are our two soundtracks <laughs> that we thought of. I have a couple answers for three, but I didn't want to commit to one. Yeah. Uh, like, Animal Crossing would have been on that list, Shadow would have been on that list, uh, about- Hotline Miami would have been on that list. It's an obvious choice, but it's still a very Hot good Man one. Hotline
0: Mammy's very good. What about Sonic Heroes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Sonic Adventure 2 would be my bad Sonic score Sonic game because that's ki- the one I played the most when you were like 12
0: or... I,
1: I was like 15. 15 I played it on the, when it came out on Gamecube yeah. so it was oh, okay, later
0: that's what that one. All right. everyone has a bad Sonic soundtrack in them I feel Sonic yeah. is mine
1: no mine's Sonic Adventure 2 rolling around at the speed of sound got places to go gotta follow my rainbow <laughs> is that seriously the lyric? Yeah, uh, maybe that'll actually be the outro song. Oh,
0: hang on, what's the Sonic Heroes theme sheet, I've forgotten it. It's, uh, Jesus, you've, that has removed the Sonic Heroes theme tune from my head, <laughs> which has been permanently in there since 2003. So, I know it gets the song I don't know. Like, all, all that's in my head is the Beyblade theme tune, and it's not that. So, yeah. Anyway, video game soundtracks.
1: So, uh, if you have questions, you can send them uh, to us on Twitter. I am at LitRock, L-I-T-R-O-C-K. Jackson is at Tylea002. Yep, that's me. Uh, the Abnormal Mapping podcast itself has a Twitter, at Abnormal Mapping. You can send us a question on our ask box at abnormalmapping.tumblr.com or an email at abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com those are the plugs please don't we're actually we're actually not done what were you going to say
0: please don't ask us which one of these do I send my question to there are too many that would be that would be inconvenient yes
1: yeah. just we like questions we solicit them they can be about movies no one asks us a movie question I'm kind of bummed about that
0: yeah you feel bu- do you want to talk about movies Have you got mo- I mean we
1: do like <laughs> as soon as this recording goes off we'll probably continue to talk about movies it's
0: quite likely
1: we're not done yet. We're so not done? We're, you're not off the clock yet. Next month, we have a video game we are going to play. It is your pick for Game Club, Jackson.
0: I, I think... that's No, it's both our pick. We've, this has been on a mutual list, but it's... Yeah, it's my pick. Sure. Doom. We're playing Doom. Weird. What, um,
1: what? what is it? Dune? Do- yes, D- Dune. Dune.
0: 2000, the RTS? <laughs> Dune uh, with a guest role of Patrick Stewart in Dune.
1: <laughs> David Lynch's Dune. Okay, we'll play that. I right. wish that was, there was a movie game of that. That would be the best.
0: Dune the movie the game. Dude the, the
1: What would that what genre would that be? The Dune game. It'd be a side-scrolling platformer action game like Super Star Wars.
0: If it was made today, if they made a Dune game now, what genre would that be? Not if it was made in when Dune came out.
1: Uh a uh free-to-play endless runner where you ride on worms. <laughs> Okay. Would you lose energy for every every run you make?
0: Yeah, you have to refill your dude energy every day. Yeah, okay. and
1: you have to avoid the floating <laughs> Baron Harkonnen, because if you crash into him, it cuts your energy in half.
0: Okay, All right. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, p- except it's not energy; it's spice. It's your spice meter. Obviously, yes. It is yeah. your
0: spice meter. Sorry, messed that up. But yeah. Doom. God,
1: video games are awful. Yes. What are you, what are you <laughs> why are we Why are we doing this? Why, we, so we're going to uh, like. Pull the uh, ejection seat on video games in 2014 and play a video game from the 90s again. Yeah, with I, it's Doom. A good, it's a good companion piece, I think. In terms of, uh, uh, I'm prepped. <laughs> I read Masters of Doom in uh, December uh, about the creation of Doom and its software, so that was all the context I need. Right? Sure. Yeah, I'm it's uh of... That's also a very good book. I probably bring in what I know when we talk about that. Go, uh, go right, Yeah. Doom is where a lot of things came from. More than I expected.
0: Yeah, I want to read that book as well, because I've heard great things.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and I intend to stream all of Doom. Uh Archives will be up and will go on the uh Tumblr, but I will also stream it. I will tweet when I do that. There's going to be no set schedule, but it'll probably be in, like, hour-long blocks. Uh Starting whenever I feel like it. Right now I'm in the middle of East Origin, and I want to finish that, so
0: you play all the doom in one go you can't stop till you finish doom
1: no because that would just make me hate doom
0: yeah and probably being alive by the end of that just everything i mean i like
1: being alive i i can hate video games and still appreciate my living i don't lives. know
0: i don't know how like how completing the last stages of doom that tired it's gonna it's gonna go on for a while
1: but i probably at some point we'll just hit this thing where my hands know what works And I can just go on autopilot, so I will have played all of Doom, but not remembered what the end of Doom looks like.
0: Okay, it probably looks a little bit like the beginning of Doom. um, It probably looks like hell. Probably does look like hell. No, Doom 2 is hell.
1: No, the, uh... No, wait, Doom 1's hell. Hang on, which one's... Yeah, the first... Uh, act of doom is on the space station the rest of doom takes place in hell I think yeah. doom 2 is doom 2 hell on earth where yeah. it's like the demons broke out into our world
0: I, I I thought it was the other way around for some reason I don't know why that would be the other way around it's like and the first game is hell on earth and the second game is hell on hell which <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's my uh, favorite category of porn hell on hell yeah
0: we should we should end this podcast
1: we should We've already done our plugs, so that's fine. Uh, There's going to be some music. We will see you next month. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are entertaining there as well, I swear to God. Sometimes. Regularly. I am always entertaining. Always. Chet Falasek hasn't unfollowed me yet.
0: Oh, shit!
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: (laughs) I was counting down until that was going to happen, because... That's how those generally go.
1: And no, that's, we're going to end every podcast talking about whether or not Chet, <laughs> Chet Palisic is following me or
0: not. And the good thing is, we know he's not listening to this, so we can freely talk about it
1: yep. in the way we he can't. Didn't, he didn't it. reply to me saying Portal 2 is bad, so obviously he doesn't listen.
0: Oh, okay. That's good. Was that a test? Was that a test tweet? Yep. Okay,
1: that's good. Guess what? I think Left for Dead is dumb. Oh, shots fired. Sorry, Chet. <sighs>